0: hello happy dwellers and welcome to the happy dwelling podcast it's a pleasure to have you here with me today and i hope you have been well and are creating those great habits so your dwelling place can be a happy one like i started off last week i'm gonna go ahead and dive into a review because i got some reviews you guys so thank you for leaving reviews let me go ahead and find it on apple podcast so i gotta miss uh, a review from 554aw and it says such great information and truly victoria makes it easy to understand and the topic was the world needs this and they gave me five stars so thank you so much 554aw i really appreciate your comment and um I do hope that I continue to put out some more content that you feel that the world needs. So thank you for that. So for our gratefulness corner for the week, I just want to say I am grateful for another year of life. I just had a birthday this past week and I am so happy to be able to reflect over the last year, see where I have grown and also look at the things that I do want to change. I have this thing where every year I just I write about all the highlights of the past year. And then I go ahead and I make a vision board for the coming year. So I project and I reflect. I've got a chance to do that and it always just makes me feel so great. Um, my heart is so full. Thank you so much for the birthday wish- wishes if you did give that to me. Today's topic is something I'm kind of throwing together at the last minute just because I feel like it's so relevant for today's society especially with everything that's going on today in terms of the formula shortage. I feel like if people hear people who have not had children in the past or don't fully understand how breastfeeding works or how formula works, even if they hear of the problem of the formula shortage, they might think to themselves, well, why aren't people breastfeeding? And I am here to kind of address that because there's so much that goes into breastfeeding. And I don't want people to think that there is a blanket answer for a, such a difficult problem that we're facing in America today. So no this isn't a complete evergreen episode and by that I mean something that's relevant at all times but it kind of is at the same time. So I'm going to be talking about why breastfeeding is a privilege and I also want to introduce this by saying I planned on doing an episode of, of breastfeeding where I brought on a bunch of different moms who breastfed, formula fed, pumped exclusively all the things just because I I think this is such a great topic and an important topic to discuss because we don't have enough dialogue about it. And without dialogue, without dialogue about topics such as this, that seems to be somewhat taboo, somewhat like it's it's something that's being pushed, but at the same time, it's something that's not fully understood. It's not something that we teach in schools. It's not something that family members usually talk about, especially in the Black community. So I think it's a very important topic to have a dialogue about. So that if you are not a mom, or if you're even not capable of carrying a child, you know, you still are made aware of this information because we were all babies at some point and we had to get fed in some way, shape or form. And this breastfeeding thing is, breastfeeding is, is super important, but at the end of the day, I don't want people to feel like if I don't breastfeed or if I have not been breastfed, then my world is over. It's not the case. And that's why I want to bring some balance to the situation. Like in all things, humans have a tendency to swing to the left, extreme left, or the extreme right. The pendulum is usually never somewhere in the middle, and it's unfortunate. Our society has gone through many phases of accepting breastfeeding, rejecting breastfeeding, and then slowly accepting it again. And we're in the phase of slowly accepting it again. And instead of empowering women completely or making them feel comfortable to make whatever decision that they choose, you know, a lot of the media, the government, you know, hospitals, OBGYNs, all those things, they really 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 push for breastfeeding as if it is the only option, even though it is the usually the best option for the baby it is not the only option and like i said the pendulum swings extremely too too far from one side to the other so i just want to break down some of the possibly preconceived notions or kind of give you guys insight on what it is to actually breastfeed so that you can have a better understanding of why this problem is so grand and there is not a band-aid solution that can be slapped on where you tell moms to just breastfeed because that's that's not the answer And even if you already know that, I just want to give you guys, once again, insight to all things breastfeeding because we need to know about it. Point blank, period. So let's talk about this formula shortage, first of all. So why in the world do we have a a formula shortage? Like, we're America. (laughs) We're America. And maybe that's too bold of a statement. Maybe that my expectations are too high for this country. But seriously, we're America. So I dug into it a little bit because I wanted to understand why in the world is this even a problem? This should not be a problem, okay? We are not a third world country and not saying that third world countries, you know, deserve those things, but like we're a first world country. This should not take place. So why is it taking place? It's taking place because there's a certain company called Abbott, Abbott, I think I'm saying that correctly, and they pretty much control 42% of America's baby formula. Some of their formula had been linked to two infant deaths because of infection. And then there were two other babies that were infected that did not die. And this was due to the conditions in their facilities where they produced the milk. So like, what? When I think this, like, it really makes me cringe because it's like, yo, y'all are really out here prioritizing profits over quality and over the quality of the product. It sounds like, you know, some health conditions were not up to par. And um, one of the major facilities in Michigan got shut down because it got shut down and the necessary precautions weren't put in place as soon as possible. You know, they've been shut down, I, I believe, since February It has just caused this chain reaction. Once again, they own 42% of the market share. So one, there was a recall on their stuff. And two, after, you know, they had no more new product, that led to us not having enough baby formula. Because once again, they own 42% of the share. So now that we talked about that, I'm going to encourage you guys to do your own research on that because it's pretty interesting and sad at the same time. But if you want to learn more, I am not an expert. I just did a little little research myself and I don't want to make sure I want to make sure I'm not giving you guys the wrong information. So definitely go ahead and look that up yourself. I made a list of things to consider when it comes to breastfeeding that people may not be aware of. So I'll just start. I have about I've got about 14 things on this list <laughs> and I might just kind of like skip over some, but let's get started because this podcast is already getting long enough. I've been very chatty. Number one is the latch. When you have your baby, they have to suckle on your nipple a certain way in order for them to get milk out. So that's called pretty much the latch. And if the latch is poor, the baby probably is not getting enough milk or is not getting milk, period. And this can cause a problem, obviously, because the baby is not being fed. That causes a lot of stress and frustration for the mom. And this happens. Pretty frequently. Second thing, the milk production. You might not be able to produce milk in the amounts that your baby needs. Let me give you an example, or just immediately. When I gave birth to my daughter, I I didn't have milk. I didn't have milk until like two days later. So, you know, she latched on, everything was great, but there was no milk. She was crying still. And that's because my production didn't come in, I guess you can say. And this was rectified two days later, but for some people, it's not even a matter of when the baby's just born. It's a matter of baby is here. I'm producing milk. It's just not enough. Baby's still hungry after they're finished with me and I don't have anything more. That can be a big problem. And that could also lead to people, you know, supplementing with some formula. The third thing, is the mental state of the mom. Breastfeeding can be very stressful, but on top of it, if you exclude breastfeeding completely, if the mom isn't good, if the mom has postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or is just not in a good mental state, breastfeeding can take a major toll on her on top of whatever else she might be dealing with. And this could also lead to someone choosing not to breastfeed. You have the physical ability to produce milk. There is a small percentage of women, I believe it's like 2% or less, that can't produce milk. And if you can't produce milk, you can't produce milk. And there's nothing you can do about that. Next thing, you have to drink a crap load of water when you're breastfeeding. And I know they tell us to drink water all the time anyway. But I mean, like, you got to drink a lot of water. I was chugging at least like 16 cups of water. When I was breastfeeding, and it was way more in the beginning because I was producing a lot more milk. So that could be an annoying deterrent for some people because if you're drinking a lot of water, that means you're going to the bathroom a lot. And if you're going to the bathroom a lot and you have postpartum situations, let's say you had stitches, it's uncomfortable, all the things, that could lead to you not wanting to breastfeed because now you're forcing yourself to use the bathroom more. Or just in general, if you have to go to work, you can't go to the bathroom 12 times a day. But if you have to chug that water, that's a side effect of you drinking that water. Also, not just the water, you have to make sure you're eating enough. I've never felt hunger before, like I felt when I was breastfeeding. Because you're hungry all, at all times. And it's its just, it don't even make no sense. You're just hungry. You need You need to eat. Okay. And you know, not everybody has the resources to eat all the time. Not everybody wants to eat all the time. Not everybody has the time to prepare meals all the time. So that's another thing to consider. If you have a colic baby or a baby that has other issues, whether it's disabilities or whatever the case may be, that can also play a role in your breastfeeding. You don't know if they might have issues latching or just they just might have issues in general because of other possible unforeseen problems. The baby can have a tongue tie. That's when, you know that connection piece um under your tongue that kind of like glues your tongue to the bottom of your mouth? That thing. Sometimes it can be extra long in a baby's mouth. And if it's extra long, it can cause issues with latching. And that's you know, it can, you can clip it. Some people choose not to do that. And um, that can cause issues with them. Once again, like I said, latching on and being able to suckle your breast. The mom can have inverted nipples, right? So an inverted nipple is a nipple that goes inward. Okay. And an inverted nipple makes it harder for the baby to suck on and latch. If the baby has a good latch, it wouldn't be that much of a problem. They will kind of like, pull the nipple out through the suckling motion but that's not the case at all times especially if the baby does not have a good latch to begin with it could pose a problem then we have things like mastitis mastitis is an infection in the boobs and it is extremely painful can lead to fevers a bunch of other things very uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to feed during that time during when you have mastitis and it it can deter someone from breastfeeding period because it is not fun whatsoever. You can have thrush. Thrush is a yeast infection in your breasts. So usually because I actually had thrush with my daughter if you have a yeast infection when you give birth, you know, and they come through the vaginal canal, that yeast goes on your body, on your baby's body, and it goes in their mouth as well. And what happens is when they suckle on your breasts, they give your breasts a yeast infection, and usually you can see this on their tongues it, if it's, their tongues are like extra white or whatever. But sometimes it's not as obvious to see it, and what happens is it causes an extreme amount of pain on your boobs, and especially when you're um, when you're feeding. And they tell you with thrush that you're supposed to keep on feeding um, because you don't want your supply to go down. And um, they give you like antifungal stuff to treat it. But it could be a whole hot mess and it could be extremely painful and cause somebody to not want to breastfeed. You can have clogged ducts. A clogged duct is something that could lead to mastitis, that infection I was telling you about earlier. But it doesn't have to. Basically the milk gets like clogged in a certain section of your boob. And it is painful. It's painful. I've had a clogged duct before. Thank God I only had like one. And you you have to massage it. Like I had to it was there for like two days and I promise you I was not myself because it was so painful. And, you know, I was massaging, I was trying to pump it out, I was trying to do everything and I had to get on like all fours and like put the baby down on the bed and have her suck from a different position in order to get it out as I was pushing it out. You know, I got lucky because some women, you know, some women, it ends up the clogged ducts leads to mastitis and it becomes this whole thing. So that can also deter someone from breastfeeding. On top of that, breastfeeding can leak a lot. If you're, if you're breastfeeding, you're, Boobs can leak a lot and it could be really uncomfortable. I remember there were nights where I had nipple pads on and I leaked through the nipple pads and through my shirt. And now there's like all this milk on the bed that can be extremely annoying and deter someone once again from breastfeeding. And then the last thing I have here is it can lead to uncomfortable sleep. If your boobs are full, it can it can be uncomfortable. You can't lay on your boobs because it'll leak the pressure. It can be very uncomfortable. And these are things that most people, if they haven't breastfed before, probably are not aware of. And but it does still play a role in the overall breastfeeding experience. It's not all peaches and keen. It's not just, oh yeah, I'm gonna whip up my boob and everything is sunshine and rainbows. Like there's a lot that goes into this. It really is. And so With all that in mind, let's talk about how breastfeeding is an actual privilege. I kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm going to just kind of go in depth a little bit more here. Not everyone can breastfeed or can do so easily. Remember all those problems I mentioned up top, and those probably aren't even all of the problems that can come along with breastfeeding. If you do have problems associated with breastfeeding, you might need to reach out to a lactation consultant. Right. So now, because America is trying to push breastfeeding on moms, they generally have more available lactation consultants, things of that nature than they would have in the past. In the past, that was probably exclusively for the women that had a whole lot of money, but now not so much. I gave birth in a public hospital where there was a lactation consultant. Let me let me just tell you something. Even though the government tries these things and, you know, we try to get access for everyone, it doesn't necessarily work that well at all times. I was in the hospital for two days after I gave birth to my daughter. And I was asking to see the lactation consultant from the second she was born. I did not see the lactation consultant until the day I was leaving. And she literally was in there for 10 minutes with me because... She had so many other people that she had to address. She not only worked at that hospital; she worked at another hospital, and her time was limited. Did I learn anything from her? Absolutely not. My mother did a better job, and the nurses did a better job because Homegirl had too much on her plate. That was my experience. I know that's not everybody's experience. I know Wick offers some lactation consultants. Um, you know they have other people available, but the point I'm trying to make is just because they could be available doesn't mean they necessarily are. Especially when you're dealing with um, low income neighborhoods, households, whatever the case may be. Even though some of these things might be available, they might not fully be as accessible. If you're not paying top dollar for something, let's just be honest, the services might not necessarily be up to par. Not saying that's the case all the time, but that is the case a lot of the times. And if you can't breastfeed easily, If you're dealing with a lot of things outside of just breastfeeding, it could definitely deter you from wanting to do it or continuing on with it. Because in a lot of ways, it's easier just to not do it. So the next thing is breastfeeding requires a lot of your time and energy. Whether you are exclusively breastfeeding from the breast, whether you are exclusively pumping, whether you are doing a little bit of both Or even if you're supplementing with formula and breastfeeding, doing all the other options, all the options I mentioned, it still requires time and energy. Whether that time goes into making sure your diet is balanced or making sure you're drinking enough water or just general stuff like there's moments, whether that be 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes of time in a day depending on how old your baby is, where you're just going to have to stop, stop, stop what you're doing and feed. OK, um, and if you're not doing that directly from the rest, that means you have to stop what you're doing and pump. And there are some like pumps out here now that you can kind of just slip into your bra and have it pumped discreetly. But those usually cost like four hundred dollars and those aren't the ones that are covered by the government. The pumps that are covered by the government are the ones that have like 8 million wires, okay? And it's confusing as hell, all right? Breastfeeding requires a lot of time and energy just no matter what you're choosing to do. And especially if you are a working mom, if you have to go to work immediately after you gave birth, this can pose a lot of problems. If you're in a low-income household you're probably not your your job is probably not something where they have a lactation room for you and they are more than cool with you um, going ahead and taking your time out to like pump and breastfeed. There are laws now out here to protect breastfeeding women, but that does not mean that it's still fully encouraged. Your bosses can pa passive aggressively. Indicate to you that what you're doing is not cool or it's inconvenient, rather. So, federal law requires employers to provide re- reasonable break time for an employee to express breast milk for her nursing child for one year after the child's birth, each time such employee has need to express the milk. So, that's a law that's put in place to protect breastfeeding mothers, which is awesome. But it can still pose problems. Like imagine if a breastfeeding mother is working at a fast food joint and they're understaffed because they always are. Do you really think that it will be encouraged for her to go and express breast milk? She's probably going to have to go in the bathroom and do that anyway. And we all know what those bathrooms look like. So that's just one example. Like we don't really know, like that is somebody's situation. But even other situations that might not be that extreme, can still be extremely inconvenient and if you don't have the ability to have both the time and the energy to breastfeed it's way more convenient to go ahead and get formula it takes the stress out of all of that you know i was very privileged when i had the when i was breastfeeding i breastfed for 22 months 22 23 something like that and covid did a lot of things to people but I think that it was a lot of a blessing to me um I gave birth literally like a month before everything shut down and I I was doing my master's program at the time and I had to return back to my program a week and a half after I gave birth and it was so hard for me to do that I remember crying that I had to leave my baby but while I was there My school had a lactation room and I was able to both pump and store the milk. Um, And that was awesome. But I only had to go back one time because right after that, they shut everything down. So that was cool. That was cool for me because then I was able to be at home with my baby and I didn't have to pump and and really experience that altogether. And that's not everybody's story. And, you know, like I said, I was privileged to be able to do that. I I mentioned before, you know, the pumping, pumping environments, not only is the pumping environments in a lot of these places, not sanitary, but a lot of times there isn't even a place to properly store this breast milk. If you're putting it in, like, like if they don't have a fridge, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? They don't have a fridge or if they have a fridge that's for employee foods and it's full, what are you going to do? like there are so many problems that can arise if you do choose to pump and work that you can't neglect the fact that it is challenging. It is it's very challenging. And for a white man that is sitting up somewhere who can fix his mouth to say that the solution to this formula crisis is for breast is for people, moms to breastfeed. Like that's extremely insensitive and Homie, you just don't understand the whole story. You don't understand the whole concept. And that's why I'm trying to have a conversation like this. Because if you don't understand, you don't understand. But that's why we talk about it. And we can discuss some of the layers to breastfeeding. Because it's not clear cut and dry. It's not that simple all the time. So yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I have for today. My heart really goes out to all the moms who are struggling to find food for their babies at this time it really this should not have taken place and i really do hope that the government does what they need to do to fix this problem as soon as possible i have seen that they're trying to ship in formula from overseas and work on getting the proper working conditions and health conditions for that abbott center um abbott production center in michigan But it will probably take a while before we really see what that looks like in Target stores and grocery stores and all the things. Another thing I forgot to mention that is actually super important is that WIC, Women, Infant, Children, which is the program provided to women, infants, and children to help them uh, nutritionally funded by the government, they heavily support Abbott. So that means that most of the people who are in these underprivileged communities are the ones that usually need this formula the most, and that usually ends up being poor families and black families. So this is disproportionately affecting these groups of people, and it it sucks so much. And if I had like excess breast milk, which I don't anymore, I would love to donate it to some of these moms because you know, this is stressful. It's stressful, and it's not cool. My heart goes out to you guys. I really hope that you can future babies. That is all I have for you all today. Thank you so much for spending your time listening to me. I hope you join me in the next one to learn more about health topics that can help you improve your life so you can be happy in your dwelling place. Love y'all.